Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers working in cities all over the United States, you've tuned into the voice of the faith and work movement. A welcome to I Work For Him. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're grateful that you've tuned in today. And we are so excited about the guest we get to introduce you to. We are. But one um, thing I want to just point out right now, listeners, if you are ever wondering how to um, get more information either to us or from us, go to our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And you can communicate with us there. We have a contact page, which is a great place for you to send us a message. But at the same time, you can gain a lot from um, our website. You can find the ways to go back and listen to a show. Um, say you get halfway through and then you have to get to an appointment or something. You can't finish a show. It's a great place to go back and finish up that conversation. But also our Facebook feed is there. All of our links to all of our social media connections is there, as well as all of the listening opportunities um, and Jim's blog. So that is something that we put out every Friday. That is something that you it's can It's no subs- longer just Jim's blog, because Martha started writing a lot of blogs, too. Okay, so it's our blog. That's right. So that's just right. a little bit, a little bit of a peek maybe behind the curtain, what God's teaching us. We have this amazing vantage point of getting to see, meet so many people, and God is working in our hearts and our lives, and that's just a way we get to share it, Jim. So iworkforhim.com. Hey, the following show is brought to you in part because of a partnership between iworkforhim and one of our board members, Don Hoover, from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Don's the owner and CEO of Binkley and Hearst, a farm implement dealer. And really a cool place because they love it's like having a car dealership, but everything works to harvest food. And he's a local leader of the business community network online at bcnlife.org. Don Hoover, you've got a guest for us today, Bryce Taylor. Why? Why did you want Bryce Taylor to be on with us today? Um, Bryce Taylor is one of those people that really gives me hope in the future of the church. The body of Christ is alive and well. And some of the younger folks, the guy is, what is he, 25 years younger than I am, and has a tremendous heart for God, a heart for people, um, knew of him. He's had a real influence on my sons and many, many other young people in the region. And so, yeah, when we had a need here, God knew, and uh, Bryce came and we had actually kind of a you might call it almost a chance encounter of meeting at my house when he was out there with his seven sons and his wife and parents-in-law fishing and talked a little bit about where he's at on his journey and i said maybe we should have this conversation about you coming to work Hmm. in this role and he said maybe we should and so we talked and we prayed and we prayed and we talked and it's just been really amazing to have him here and have the gifts that god's entrusted to him being used uh, to work here side by side with him in the business as ministry uh, endeavor. So excited that we get to we get to travel to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but we're actually heading down under a little. It's it's a little bit an unusual thing, you know, because the path the Lord takes us on our lives is never really a straight one. We need to remember that the path we travel on is not for our entertainment, but for shaping our character so that we can be dependent on God and totally focused on a relationship with Him. The path. That will include, will include definitely, definitely include some ups and downs because our Heavenly Father uses adversity in our lives to shape us from who we are to who we can use more effectively. But what if that path leads you to be a pastor in a church, a successful pastor in a church, 
Did he lead you away to working in an agricultural machine business? How does that work? Doesn't that seem a little backwards? Isn't it supposed to go the other direction? I don't think so. Today we talk with Bryce Taylor, husband to Christina and father to seven boys. God isn't done with them yet. I can't wait for you to hear his story. Bryce Taylor, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, we're, we're excited to have you here. What is the path the Lord used to move you from New Zealand to Lancaster, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I was uh, helping a church plant in my hometown, and the pastor uh, started this church plant and needed a worship leader and, and youth guy, and that's what I was doing. So I jumped in to help out, and uh, two years uh, with them as a family, he was discipling me, and uh, one day he mentioned ministry. If I was thinking of being a ministry, I should check out Elam. And he was a graduate of Elam and Regent University. And so uh, they ended up paying for my first semester at Elam in Lima, New York. And um, my second year at Elam, we were in New York City um, serving with different missions there and with the homeless. And that's where I met my wife, Christina, uh, while we were out there um, on my days off sitting in the stairwell we weren't i was leading a team wasn't supposed to be talking to the girls uh but this one i i could not get off my mind and and we were hanging out uh just chatting talking about life and uh and yeah we hit it off a year later we got married and um she has grand her grandparents are from lancaster pennsylvania and so we've been to new zealand and north carolina and virginia and ended up in lancaster county back with her, where her family roots are. Mm. So I'm just curious, um, did you ever imagine that when you came here to go to school that you this would become your home, that you would make a family here? I think at the time, not really. Yeah. You know, um, I love New Zealand, uh-huh. and I love my home. I love the beach. So it is strange to think that I'm here, but um, my wife and I are adventurers. Yes. So. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So tell us about the living room. What? Where did? Where, where did that idea come from? And and tell our listeners what it actually is. Yeah, when we got to Lancaster County, uh, not dissimilar from anywhere else where we moved, uh, we were coming back from New Zealand uh, from working with Christian Camping, and uh, we knew we wanted to be in Lancaster with her folks. We were just about to have a third child, and we wanted uh, help. You know, raising kids takes mm-hmm. a village. So we, <laughs> especially when you that's have when you only have three. Now you got yeah. seven. It's going to take an entire county. Exactly. But we were just getting them, you know, warmed up and ready mm-hmm. for the seven. Right. So uh, I was in construction, working on a uh, uh, what we call a a deck. You guys, uh, I think that's what you call it yeah, here. A deck. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was working on that with a bunch of young adults, and one of them asked me, like, "What are you going to do while you're here in Lancaster?" You know, I thought you were a pastor, uh, and and so as we were talking, I was actually asking them. Or what what's needed, and as they were talking, uh, that's when the idea birthed in me. Mm. And what the need was there was for for them to experience. They were all going away to YWAM, and experiencing this great thing coming back, and and then not going to church. Mm. And so I started asking them why. And out of that, I realized, man, the, the our young kingdom people who are talented, gifted, and want to be in ministry or want to do ministry, wherever they are. Mm -hmm. These guys are construction workers. Right. Uh, They wanted to put that to work, but the church was not a place they could find that, like experience or growing in that. And so I said, hey, 
man, we need a place that grows up leaders in the faith, a place where you don't have to go away to learn that stuff, but it's, it's right at home. It's, it's happening in the church. Mm-hmm. So that's where the idea for the living room came. And what did the living room look like? I mean, what you know, we, is we it? started? Well, I I interviewed for the church at the church, and uh, uh, there was I think thirty five to forty young adults when we started, mm-hmm. and it grew to over five hundred in, in uh, four years. Mm-hmm. But you didn't meet on Sunday. No, Tuesday nights. Yeah. You can't have church on a Tuesday night. I know. That can't possibly work. Exactly. Does God come on Tuesdays? God doesn't. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he, just, he doesn't care, huh? <laughs> no, he doesn't really have partiality i think that's in james but he you know he really blessed something that i think was sidelined you know like young adults felt sidelined and so we kind of went with that you know and we said hey welcome to the living room you know when people would show up and we say like relax Mm -hmm. let's talk about whatever needs to be talked about and people are coming from from work and we had in this area what's unique is the uh you know amish mennonites Mm-hmm. that for the young people, they were exploring, a lot of them exploring. So we exper- experienced, I would I would say, a, a revival of sorts because people are exploring faith in a place they were comfortable being, and they would come in their Amish garb and their, you know, whatever. It didn't matter because they were welcome. Mm-hmm. And so we would talk about the things that they wouldn't normally talk about mm-hmm. in a large group setting. So it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't threatening. Mm-hmm. And so that was... Uh, intentional because we wanted to just break down those walls and uh the and that's why we trained in leaders so before living room happened on on a 7 p.m on tuesday night we would do at 6 p.m leadership development mm. and we would welcome in the ones the hundred that would reach the rest and we started with 10 that would reach the rest and we grow it to 100 leaders and the the idea being that once we're done with the service uh, we would create an environment or a living room setting that they would relax and we served coffee. Can sure. you believe it at 8 p.m. at night? And they would just sit down and drink coffee. And the leaders, the 100 leaders, uh, did this thing called the vitals throughout the room, around the room. They just walk around and go, so who, you know, who is God to you? And, and it, it opened up this, this great thing. And so people were coming to Jesus and, and it wasn't from the pastor. It was from the, uh, the other the young leaders, adults. Yeah. They were doing the ministry. So you, you come to a foreign country, you get trained up as a pastor, and all of a sudden you're living outside the box. You started a church service on a Tuesday night to young people who weren't going to church yep. to have a conversation about the practical nature of connecting faith into their lives, really whole life discipleship kind of stuff. Right. And this was wildly successful. And then you needed a break. I mean, there's a sabbatical in there. You needed a break. I mean, uh-huh. I, I'm reading your, your bio. You needed a break. You took your family back home. What why was not? I mean? Oh, why you know that was fantastic. It's a great idea. Why not? Right? <laughs> I hear once you get in New Zealand, you yeah, got to go back. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, all of us, most of us, only know anything of New Zealand because we watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh-huh. That's the only reason we know anything about New Zealand. Yeah, which is, I'm sure, all of that stuff happens in the woods of New Zealand. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> it, it does. Take a look at my feet. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> He's got shoes on today. I can't do it. I know. I looked down. <laughs> when you were on sabbatical, I got to believe the Lord started speaking to you about some of the changes you're about ready to head into. Yeah. I mean, New Zealand, that, that trip, you know, everybody said we were crazy to do it with six kids. Um, it was untaking, but it was worth it. You know, we, we needed the break, like you said. Um, we needed to uh, take some time to think through what was important. 
you know, I think everybody needs that time. Everybody does. Yeah. And, and so for us, uh, you know, some people say, why don't you go alone? You know, farm your kids out and go alone. And it, for us, it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. It was about, um, all of us taking a break from, from what was the norm and spending three weeks. And so it was about them encountering the culture that their dad grew up in. It was about connecting with the family that they had been not able to, we they hadn't played with their cousins. Right. And so to get on the beach in New Zealand and be where dad was when he told story, I'd like to tell stories. So we would be on the beach and I'd say, guys, this is, remember that story I told you? And they would be on that same beach. It was cool. And uh, we just said, you know, we're going to go on an adventure. And part of who we are in our DNA, my wife and I, is adventures. So, we, again, we wanted to we wanted to birth that in them. You know, life is an adventure. We can do anything. So we actually gave that ourselves that rule when we went down. Part of our sabbatical, part of our thing was uh, we're not going to say no to anything based on the amount of kids we have. Mm. We're just going to say yes if it's an adventure, an idea that comes up with them or with uh, between us. We're not allowed to say no to one another. And so we ended up doing crazy things on this trip. It was insane. But the Lord was moving you in change because you came back to the living room, but God then was moving you. Yeah, well, that, and that's that's kind of what came out of that was um, we can't be saying no to these ideas and adventures and we can't get stuck in a rut. And that's what came out of that was, are you in a rut? You know, are you stuck? Are you not thinking outside the box anymore when it comes to ministry? So we started rethinking, you know, what is it that we are doing? What is ministry? And we realized a lot of our ministry was coming out of our home, through hospitality, through relationships, through community. We were doing the, what I was teaching in the living room, the vitals. You know, we were doing that outside of the ministry, maybe even more, because I was in the leadership role now in our church. I'd already raised up a young guy to take over the living room, uh, Shannon Kahn, who is an incredible uh, leader, and he was running with it. And so I was pouring myself more into leadership stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And so what was I doing? What was my leverage? What was my vantage point? How are we doing it as a family became even more important because I was no longer with the young adults, right? I was no longer the guy preaching or leading those meetings. I had already raised up somebody else to do that. So as I took a back step, I realized, you know, it's so important, we're, my wife and I, that we're doing this. We've been preaching it. Where are we doing it? And we realized we were doing it. But where was the intentionality? How are we doing it? And that was what came out of that was we want to be more intentional. As so, what as changed? Life. What did what did the Lord lead you to do next? Just to be more intentional. You know, I, 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 what weeks are going by that somebody isn't in their home mm-hmm. receiving a meal with us? Are we breaking bread with people? That'd be an experience for anybody going to a house with seven boys, that's for sure. So the Lord has led you through a pathway that involved actually going to another church, but he led you here to Binkley and Hearst. As you're in, like COO, you're in charge of operations, I can't remember if it was VP, VP, VP of, of operations. operations. That's a big stretch from the living room. Mm-hmm. Well, what's it look like for you today? Well, it's, it's much of the same. People are people. People are people. Mm-hmm. And so I work with you know the operations, but... It's leaders leading people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the people come to this company, they have gifts and talents and strengths, and they know how to do this better than I do. But much of the time, they're looking for how do I prioritize what's needed, um, what, what, what strengths do I need to bring to the surface, and so what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And so I'm helping. I'm just asking questions. I'm really coaching and doing what I was doing before. Oh, you, know, you almost took my next question because I was going to ask you, how did then your experience at the living room really help prepare you for for what you're doing now? 
at Ben Cleanhurst. Well, it was a great sit-up. You know, I, I feel like God's just been in that and leading me through this. I didn't know at the time, but right. he was preparing me. And, and that's often the case. In- I was just going to say, you know, I think our, li- our listeners need to hear that. I know I need to hear that. Sometimes when you're, when you're learning maybe a really hard task or you're just in a, in a place that you're, you know, there's maybe some, a lot of, uh, your giftings are being used or whatever. You're like, what are you, what are you doing, Lord? What, do you, why, what's going on? And then you can look back and say, he's, he was preparing me for this. How mm-hmm. cool is that? Mm-hmm. So, the, your your ministry here at Binkley hmm. and Hearst, did you imagine, as a pastor in a four-walls church, did you have any idea that ministry could be done to this kind of a level in a business? Uh, I'd like to say I didn't, but I did. I was. Well, I mean, I got to be around Don Hoover. Um, I got to be around a lot of great Christian leaders, and Lancaster County is rich with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I got to witness it, but I think... What I was challenged by was, or maybe I felt like I wanted to do, was even challenge that even more. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about that challenge. We're also going to talk about the three vitals that Bryce Taylor keeps prompting us with. You're listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We'll be right back. Your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, hey, hey, wait a minute. Have you ever prepared yourself for your daily workplace missions trip? January of 2020, we invite you to join Martha and I on our very first I Work For Him Marketplace Missions Trip. The trip takes place in your workplace the last two weeks of January. Here to tell us more is Mike Henry from Follower of One. Hey, Mike, this is prep week for the I Work For Him Marketplace Missions Trip. How does appreciating others fit into prepping for our marketplace missions trip that comes next week the second of our daily activities is to appreciate others we keep praying like we started yesterday but we add appreciation appreciation is a lubricant when we appreciate others we reduce the friction and the tension that naturally happens in our workplaces we want to treat everyone like they're the most valuable person in the world then we're motivated to look for ways to help others succeed in their job and in their eternal life too when we pray and appreciate others, we begin to see things we can do to bless and serve others. Listeners can find out more and sign up for the next mission trip at iworkforhim.com forward slash events. Thanks, Mike. To join us on our I Work For Him Marketplace missions trip to your workplace, go to iworkforhim.com forward slash events. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash events. Start 2020 with a missionary-focused, ministry-driven attitude in your workplace. IWorkRam.com forward slash events. Hey, welcome back to iWorkRam. As today we talk to Bryce Taylor. He's the VP of Operations at Binkley and Hearst, an agricultural equipment company. You might call them farm implements if you're in that part of the world. But he's the operations guy, but he comes from a pretty unique background. If you just are tuning in right now, you have to listen to the whole podcast in order to get caught up or the whole go back and listen to the podcast if you just tune into the broadcast. Bryce Taylor, I don't want to waste too much time. You So you go from working within the four walls of the church, working in the living room on a Tuesday night in an amazing service. But I asked you the question in the last segment, did, did it surprise you of how much ministry could be done here in the office? Yeah, and I, I said... No, because I see so many in Lancaster County leaders, uh, Christian guys in leadership and doing an amazing job. And uh, <clears throat> I got 
you know, blessed to walk with some of them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and meet some of them, some of them mentored me. Uh, but I did feel like there was a challenge needed, uh, in Lancaster County because of the culture. Um, you know, there's, I think a point in which they would stop. It's like, okay, we are Christians, but we're not going to go beyond this certain point. And I would be listening to the stories and, and listening to the encounters they have through the week. And I was waiting for the, the punch, you know, like then I, you know, I could think of a hundred things, mm-hmm. but, but it was almost like, well, we're not going to go there. And th- th- that's, you know, that's cool. It's fear. You want to, you know, live your faith and, and just do it through a relationship. But maybe the evangelist in me was just getting fired up, you know, like, man, you with them, like, let's go, like, bring it. And so I, I would, I would find myself in that. And I would say, well, you know, where's your influence continuing in their life? And did you invite them to dinner? Like, what's the next thing? And so I felt like maybe I don't get it as a pastor. Maybe I don't get it on the other side. Now I'm in it. I'm going, come on. There's so much opportunity. It is the way that I wasn't naive. Like, there is lots of opportunity to get into people's lives, um, do ministry, invite the next step. And I would say that to any business leader. Like, what you have influence. Um, there is a next. And, and have you have you figured that out like with those influence those people in your life that you have influence when you're saying what what is the next what's the next step in that relationship you're taking it further into a conversation about real things yeah yeah Uh, and it's not just business leaders it's people in organizations that wouldn't be necessarily described as businesses within a within a a school or within a hospital or within uh the government we we have influence over all kinds of different people (laughs) i don't want to run out of time i want to make sure we deal with this close it out yeah, so you were, you mentioned the three vitals, and um, this is something that you used in the living room, and I think you're influ- you're asking, you're continuing to ask the question about the three vitals. What is that, and how can we um, incorporate that in our lives? Yeah, so three vitals. I, I didn't originate with me. I don't know where it came from, but you have uh, you have you and God, number one, you and those you influence, and you and those who influence you. Okay. And I feel like those are the vitals. Like you go to the doctor and you check your vitals. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you have a heartbeat, right? That's good. <laughs> you breathing. <laughs> that is a good thing, right? So you have those vital things. These mm-hmm. are to me the three vitals. Like if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus. Um, you you have influence, and you need people who influence you. Mm-hmm. And so, do you have the question is do you have those identified, and what are you doing about them? You know, you have people you are influenced by. Do you know who they are? And what are you doing to further those relationships? You have a relationship with God. What are you doing about it? How are you taking that deeper? How is he influencing you, right? How is he speaking into your life? What are you working on? And then those that you influence. How, do you have those people identified? And what are you doing about it? And some you know, ask anybody, who are you influencing right now? Who are you discipling? Mm. And a lot of Christians can't tell you who they're discipling. And I just think that, that is a, uh, that's a miss for any follower of Christ. To not know who you're deciding. <laughs> a mess. And in an American interpretation, that would be, that's a disaster. That is. It yeah. is a disaster. Yeah. Bryce Taylor, we're out of time, but we're grateful for your story. I can't wait to see it happen, and I can't wait to see what happens with those seven boys and how they grow up, grow up to impact the kingdom around the, the country. And, and maybe we'll get a follow-up story in the future. Get to meet Christina, the true heroine of your story. Yeah, but thank you, Bryce Taylor, for being on the air today. Mm-hmm. Bryce Taylor, VP of Operations at Binkley and Hearst, and we are... Just thankful for his story. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, General Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.
Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.